Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Happy Lord's Day, friends, and happy Feast of Christ the King. Thanks for coming back after our brief break. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone of Priests for Life, and today we do celebrate the kingship of Jesus Christ, the last Sunday of the church's liturgical year. Next Sunday we'll be starting a new year with the season of Advent, and this feast is the feast of Christ the King of the universe. Let us reflect more on that. Let's put ourselves in God's presence. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we acknowledge you today. We proclaim you as King of the universe. By your kingship, Lord, you have conquered evil, broken the power of sin. And therefore, in worshiping you, we repent of our sins. We repent of all that we have done to offend you, of anything we fail to do in serving you. We repent. And we come to you, Lord Jesus, because we know that by our baptism we share We share in your role as priest, prophet, and king. And by sharing in your kingship, we are able to conquer sin in our own lives, to defeat temptation, to embrace what is good. Teach us how to do that, Lord. Give us grace to do that more and more each day. We pray to you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. This Feast of Christ the King brings us this marvelous gospel passage from the 25th chapter of Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all his angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill, and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or ill, or in prison, and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, What you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, 
but the righteous to eternal life. Jesus is the king of the universe. The universe has been infected by sin, which separates us not only from God, from creation, from our very selves, but from one another. And that's what this parable is getting at. When by His kingship, when by His almighty power, Jesus Christ breaks the power of evil, conquers the power of sin, He conquers that which separates and alienates us from one another. In other words, by His kingship, by definition, it brings about the unity of the human family. A unity based in love, a unity based in service. Now, these people who are responding here at the judgment, as Jesus is foretelling what's going to happen, they're quite aware that they fed the hungry, gave drink to the thirsty. They did all these good things. They were aware that they did them. When they questioned the Lord, they were asking, when did we do them to you? We knew we did them to other people. We know the good deeds that we did. Well, when did we do it to you? Christ in His kingship is identifying himself with the people in his kingdom. Remember, he says here that to those on his right, to those who are being saved, he is imparting to them an inheritance, which is a kingdom. Now, the kingdom has already been given to us here on earth, but not in its fullness. And in that kingdom is where we serve one another. Not just out of a horizontal social justice mindset. Because a lot of people are doing that, but they have no awareness that they're serving Christ. We do it in a kingdom that recognizes in our brothers and sisters in need the presence of Christ and is serving those people and serving Christ in them. That's the difference with the kingdom of God. When did we see you hungry or a stranger? You saw me when you saw your neighbor. And brothers and sisters, this obviously involves our unborn neighbor. This involves our neighbor in the womb. The least, truly the least among us. It is Christ in the womb. If it is Christ in the poor, if it is Christ in the prison, if it is Christ in the sickbed, it is Christ in the womb. And when we fail to welcome that stranger, when we treat the baby who really is our brother, our sister, when we treat the baby as if he or she were a stranger, and we do not welcome them, we are not welcoming Christ. St. John Paul II in the Gospel of Life, that great encyclical he issued in 1995, expresses this same truth in these words. He says the rejection, the rejection of even a single human life is a rejection of Christ. Whatsoever you fail to do to the least of these you fail to do to me. Rejection of a human life is rejection of Christ. Those who reject the unborn, those who reject many other people, there are some, there's a segment of people that they don't reject, right? I mean, nobody rejects everybody. There's certain people they like that they want to welcome. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't contribute to virtue. When somebody wants somebody and doesn't welcome those that they don't want. Because they're just, that's just another way of putting yourself in the place of God. There are some that I will serve because I want them. There are others I will not serve because I don't want them. You may be serving certain people, but you're still revolving around yourself. That's the difference between what the pro-abortion people say, every child should be a wanted child. The, the meaning of that message is you serve and you save those you want and the rest you kill and reject and throw away. That's not a godly position. The godly position is not wanting them. It's welcoming them. And Jesus uses the word welcome here, and Paul will use it later. Welcome one another as you welcome Christ. You gave me no welcome. Welcome is the attitude that says, it doesn't matter if I want you or not. It doesn't matter if you're planned or not. It doesn't matter if you're convenient or not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is you have dignity, you have worth, you have value, and I need to adjust to that. You don't need to adjust to whether I want you or not, and your life shouldn't depend on that. I need to adjust to your presence because you have dignity and value. I will welcome you. And this is why we welcome the unborn even when they're unplanned and inconvenient. And the power to do that is the power of love that conquers evil and therefore is a share in the kingship of Christ. We are living as kings and queens when we look at selfishness, self-centeredness, the arrogance that says I will protect and help only those I want. That has nothing to do with their value. It has everything to do with my, my decision. When we look at that attitude and we reverse it and we say in the name of Christ the King, I will welcome all. I will serve Him in them. I will break the power of sin, temptation, and evil in my life. This is the Feast of Christ the King. And I'd like to, as we go back into prayer here, read a poem I wrote on the occasion of this feast when I was a college seminarian. It's a poem in honor of Christ the King. Let's pray this together and then... You'll see this on our website, by the way, endabortion.us, and then we'll... Uh, conclude our, our prayers. Poem in honor of Jesus Christ, King of the universe. Of every pond and stream that flows, of every rock and pebble small, of every river and ocean wide, of every mountain vast and tall, of every moon and star above, of every storm and rain and hail, of sleet and fog, of ice and smog, of summer breeze and winter gale, of every island in the sea, of every animal that walks or crawls, or swims, or flies, or rests, or chirps, or barks, or howls, or squawks. Of every place by men unknown, not yet discovered or explored. Of every height and every depth of sights beloved and abhorred. Of every kingdom, empire, state, dominion, country, monarchy. Of village small and city great, of men of power and majesty. Of house and home and property, of kitchen and of living room of bedroom, hallway, stairway long, of playground and of working room, of every act, desire and wish, longing, passion, weakness, strength, 
of every heart that longs and laughs, and cries and tries and waits at length, of all who suffer and do wait for justice or for daily bread, of all who triumph and are glad, of all who middle paths do tread, of every woman, man, and child, of every creature, large and small, of every sinner, saint, and angel, Jesus Christ is King of all. Yes, He is King. Yes, Christ is King. No start or end and never failing. His reign engulfs infinity or all existing things prevailing. Yet men are weak and often question when many evil things they see. Christ waits for them to realize that He is wiser than are we. He is aware of all that is. He knows our problems, needs, and fears. His providence is now at work, and Jesus' final triumph nears. Then let us rise in greater faith to tell the world of His great name, that when the King returns, we may, for lack of faith, not blush with shame. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I wish you a blessed feast of Christ the King. Let Him reign in your life and in your service, especially to our unborn brothers and sisters. Talk to you again tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.